This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Sustainable-ish podcast. How are you doing? Are you getting any of this fabulous sunshine that I think hopefully most of us in the UK are experiencing at the moment? We had a lovely time in North Devon last week on half term, which was just fabulous. And the weather was very kind to us. So that is all good. And now it's the downhill slope is it towards the summer holidays (laughs) anyone with kids frantically trying to get everything done in the next six weeks so trees today we are talking all things trees actually we're talking all things just one tree and you will find out more in just a little minute but we all love trees right they are categorically a good thing But how much difference can they actually make when it comes to the climate crisis? Are we all just being conned into feeling like everything will be A-OK if we just plant a few more trees? And how do we, as individuals and families, maybe living in your average three-bed semi, plant enough or any trees to make a difference? So today I'm excited to be chatting to the awe-inspiring Amanda Bronkhurst from Just One Tree. Do you see what I did there? (laughs) Apologies. To answer all these questions and more, we will be diving into how Amanda went from TV ad producer to all-round eco-hero and tree planter extraordinaire with a toddler in tow. Amanda's eco-epiphany, so the point at which she realised she had to do something to help fight the climate crisis, how Just One Tree came about and what it does, and loads of info about the amazingness, which is actually a technical term, of trees, and the amazing impact that Just One Tree has had in just two years. And actually, the action I would love you all to take, um, Amanda's going to tell us in this episode a little bit about everything that Just One Tree does. And we talk a little bit about the Just One Tree Day for schools that's coming up in October. Now, um, in 2018, when they first ran it, they had, no, in 2019, when they first ran it, they had 350 schools signed up. In 2020, obviously, slap bang in the middle of COVID, they had, oh, fewer than that. (laughs) That's technical, isn't it? Well done, me. Uh, I can't remember, but it was fewer than that. And I just sort of like, in a bit of a throwaway comment to Amanda in the podcast, said, I reckon we could get 500 schools signed up to that, can't we? Come on. So I need your help. 
So uh, if you're listening to this and you've got kids at school or you have a local school in your community or you have any business links with a school or anything like that, then do just pop them an email. There's a um, a template letter on the um, Just One Tree website, which I've linked to in the show notes. I've sent it to our primary school and the head has given me a tentative thumbs up for that. So that's one extra already. So, I mean, how amazing would it be if everyone who listens today is able to send off that template letter to a school near them and just see how many schools we can get signed up for this fabulous initiative. So that is your my challenge to you after listening today or even whilst listening today. Um, if you're sat at a computer or something like that, hop over to the Just One Trees website and uh, download that letter to send to your local school. Or if you're a teacher, you can just crack on and sign your local, sign your school up. Yes. And do let me know in the comments. Do let me know on social media if you do that, because I think it would just be a phenomenal kind of outcome for having a little listen to a podcast. So grab a cuppa, pop in your ear pods, whatever you normally do whilst you're listening to the podcast and have a listen in to this genuinely I think really quite life-affirming episode that I really hope is almost guaranteed I think to help make you feel better about the world. As ever do please leave a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts it really really does help to get um, I was gonna say viewing figures, listening figures that's what I meant, listening figures up and more people listening to the podcast and hopefully getting inspired to take a little bit of eco action. So have a good one and enjoy. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, really, really. I always say every time I like really excited to talk to you. I am really excited to, to always really excited to talk to everybody. But can you introduce yourself? Tell us tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah. So uh, my name is Amanda. Um, I'm the founder of Just One Tree. Um, it's a nonprofit initiative which basically removes carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and reverses biodiversity loss through global reforestation. So we make it simple for everybody to take direct action on uh, the climate and ecological emergency because wow. just one pound plants one tree. Amazing. Okay, right, we're going to rewind a little bit. Yeah. What's your background? Uh, so I began life, my career uh, is in um, film. So oh, wow. TV commercials. Um, and I did that for almost two decades. And it was brilliant. And it saw me, uh, you know, filming places like Rome and Helsinki and Prague and obviously around London. Mm. It was really, really great, fun career, quite stressful, but really good fun. But then I had my daughter in 2016 and we quickly realised, even though I was planning on going back to production, that as both me and my other half uh, worked in that industry at such long hours, that actually I'd need to put my career on hold so that she had at least one parent around. Yeah. So I was going to do that and then go back to production when she reached four and was at school. Uh, but then in 2019... You know, climate change hit all the, uh, well, the, the fact how urgent climate change was. I think, you know, I think we all thought that, that we had plenty of time to solve the problem. And suddenly it's actually we've only got 10 years left. So do you remember what that that moment was? Was it because it was was it everything pre-pandemic has merged into kind of one thing for me? Was 2019 the really awful Australian bushfires or was that the beginning of 2020? That was just prior. So the bushfires were Christmas 2019. Yeah. Um, what set me off <laughs> was um, it was April 2019. Um, I literally put my daughter down for her afternoon nap. Yeah. I'm going to sit down and have my first uninterrupted cup of yes. tea for three years. 
And the newspaper article I happened to pick up was Greta's speech. Wow. chilling speech saying, we, you know, not only are we facing an existential crisis, but we've got 10 years left before we set off an irreversible chain of events beyond human control yeah. that will lead to the end of civilization. And, you know, love her or hate her. I know she divides people's opinions, but that was a real sort of moment for me. And also the David Attenborough programme, mm. climate change and Extinction Rebellion, again, that divides people a lot. But it all came into the media at one uh, sort of moment. Mm. Um, and I found myself looking at my then two-year-old daughter and thinking, well, in 10 years' time, she's only going to be 12. What's yeah. it going to be like when she's 30 or 40? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 60. And the government sort of felt like they were dragging their feet. And yeah. Making empty promises. And I just I sort of panicked, really, and just thought, there must be something that I can do. And I think so many of us will relate to that. Um, whether it's a sort of slow drip, drip, drip of like um, messages coming to you or whether there is that kind of defining. And, and of course, you remember it because it was the first time you got to sat down with a, a hot cup of tea. But, um, you know, that that sort of that moment of like, actually, I need to step up here or what can I do? But also that then very quickly followed by the overwhelm, the anxiety. They're like, oh, God, what can I do as as one person? This feels really, really difficult. Now, a lot of people will then go. Okay, so look around, you know, what can we do as a, as a family? Let's have a look at our recycling. Let's have a look at our plastic. You went and formed a whole non-profit organisation. <laughs> like, how does that happen? I know. I don't know why I've done this to myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was literally, I discovered how cheap it was to plant a tree because I was obviously going, like, I want to do something more than just recycling, like recycling, mm. which I was already doing. I felt like I needed to do more. Um, and when I discovered how cheap it was to plant a tree, I literally had the thought that went through my mind, well, I'd plant a tree for a pound for my daughter's future. And I'm pretty mm. sure my friends would for all their kids. And I'm pretty sure a lot of other parents would do too. So I was sort of driving in my car and sort of saying, I don't know where my phone is, but hey, Siri, um, you know, how many kids are there in education in the UK? Um, and there's 10 million. And I thought, wow. well, even if three quarters of us did that for each of our children, that would be an enormous amount of trees. Yeah. And then I Googled, you know, how many people are there in the UK? Yeah. Million. Well, that would be a lot of trees. Well, what about businesses? And there's 5.9 million businesses in the private sector. And I just thought, well, what if an estate agent planted a tree for every sale? You know, pound out of the profits, but you multiply that by 20 or 30 sales a year. Yeah. And then you multiply that by all the estate agents and suddenly you have a lot of trees and we could be the ones actually driving change and having a tremendous impact on the climate crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like instead of us protesting just on the, the streets, which, you know, there's a place for that and it's also necessary, but actually we can be sort of protesting with our feet and actually planting trees. Mm. And so, yeah, so once I had that thought, I couldn't lie in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Not tell anyone because all these, you know, newspaper articles about melting polar ice. Caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all these sort of things were coming out. And I just thought, but we could start making a difference today. Mm. Why don't we just do it? And I told my other half, and he was like, don't do it, you're crazy, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> I was just like, I can't, I can't not. So I just, you know, I did a lot of research and got some reforestation, amazing reforestation partners, which I absolutely love, um, and designed a website. And then someone said, well, why don't you do some market research? I thought, well, I'll just see if it takes off and then yeah. go for it. So that's what happens. And so when's it, when did it formally start? 
so it began life uh, end of June 2019. So we just you hang around then. So that was you April. You had the <laughs> epiphany, and then June, you're oh my god. Yeah, and I kind of figured, look, if I plant 900 trees, and I've got a year till Senna starts school, so I've got a year. If I plant 900 trees, and that's where it ends, then that's 900 trees out there that wouldn't have existed if mm. I wasn't doing this in the year. And we planted close to, well, we planted a lot of trees. And now, two years on, we're about to punch through the million tree mark. Wow. Hopefully with a bit of a bang as well. So we'll announce that in a bit. So you said, oh, you found out how cheap it was to plant a tree. Did you literally just Google, like, how much does it cost to plant a tree? Like, how, how do you even go about doing that? I wouldn't have a clue. Well, I was kind of looking to donate. Mm. A friend of mine was also, we were both, because I was saying, you know, maybe I shouldn't go back production, maybe I should do a green job, um, or I want to do something. We're just talking about, you know, throwing ideas mm. about, mm. about climate change. And I went home that evening and started to Google it. She Googled it, and we were talking about, well, what about planting a tree? And then I realised, yeah, I just kind of was looking around and just saw how, yeah, how cheap it was and sort of found some different avenues. I'm, I'm one of those people that starts Googling, goes down the little rabbit <laughs> and follows things and starts reading up and researching. And then I was just like, it's so cheap. Why aren't we all just doing it, you know? So why is it so cheap? A pound seems too cheap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, well, there's different factors. So firstly, you know, what grows a tree? Air. Mm sunlight, water and soil, mm-hmm. yeah. which are free, firstly. Um, secondly, uh, you can actually plant a lot of trees in the ground in a day. Okay. So, I mean, if you look at sort of... Was it Ethiopia did that Ethiopia, mass planting, wasn't mass it? Planting, they did millions of trees in a single day. You can actually plant... Once the trees are ready and grown, you can actually do that. And trees actually vary in price from region to region. So oh, okay. we say a pound... But what we actually do and the way that we're a non-profit is that we, we, plant, we guarantee we plant at least one tree for that pound. Three pence from every pound goes towards our kelp regeneration project. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Love that project. Um, and then any leftover pennies go into pot with everyone else's leftover pennies. Okay. We plant more trees with that because, as I say, it's non-profit. So, mm. so we actually, so in some places, you can actually plant five or six trees for that pound. Wow. In places, you can plant one. Yeah. Or, water and we could just go for the cheapest trees and 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 go like we've got an amazing tree count but actually for me it's about by it's about diversity you know yeah everything you do and supporting different projects and about effective reforestation is because that's the thing isn't it like I think tree buying tree planting you know feels like a complete no-brainer but it still has to be done right doesn't it so theoretically I don't know if this does happen but I'm assuming somebody you could say to someone oh here's a thousand pounds they go brilliant we'll plant a thousand trees dig them up and next year you give me another thousand pounds and I've planted a thousand trees but they're not still there do you know like so it's not just planting it is it it's it's ensuring that it's looked after and that there's it's where it needs to be for that community and all those kinds of things as well exactly exactly and that's the thing you know you could sort of throw a load of seed bombs down but what's That they're going to be eaten by animals yeah. or you know or also sort of buying up land and sort of planting trees but kicking out a community because mm. land you know you have to put people at the heart of the of the projects and and um for me part of the thing that i'm finding um tricky is that we say we've planted x amount of trees but it's not the planting's the easy bit and that's not the important yeah that's the thing 
like maybe we should it's it translates very quickly on social media we've planted this yes 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 actually it's about growing and nurturing because those trees need to reach maturity and actually those trees need to help provide a sustainable incomes for Mm. the community to ensure that they don't chop them down yeah they're struggling for food and it's easier to make charcoal yeah you know it's about sort of yeah giving sustainable livelihoods and a value to those trees so that they remain yeah so so you've talked a little bit about carbon sequestration uh, you know the trees sucking the carbon out of the atmosphere you've talked a little bit about the importance of biodiversity but like why are trees so amazing do you know what I before when I was a producer I didn't really think about how amazing they are and I'm learning more and more it's just they're pretty cool (laughs) yeah not a tree hugger at all but I'm like they're amazing so just off the top of my head they uh clean the air we breathe of course they filter the water we drink they put nutrients into the soil so we can grow crops yeah prevent soil erosion prevent flooding they are a barrier to extreme weather they provide habitat for the world's wildlife Mm. they food medicine and provide jobs for 1.6 billion people wow so they're pretty amazing and then you just look at a single species like the mangroves you know this is one of the reasons because we don't want to just be a reforestation company because as a you know mum and climate change and climate emergency for me climate change isn't just limited to on our on land Mm. also the oceans are going through massive issues so um one of the things we do is we plant a lot of mangroves and they they're not as romantic as planting so are mangroves like the swampy bits yeah, so if you think kind of um, Bear grills <laughs> <laughs> and the islands and the mangroves that they have to go through, that's what I thought. But actually doing this, you see lots of amazing, beautiful photos. Uh, okay. Coastal lines with mangroves, because actually three quarters of all tropical fish species are born within the roots of mangroves and they have a symbiotic relationship with the coral reef. They're really important to coastal ecosystems. And what's more, they sequester up to four times more carbon per hectare compared to land-based tropical trees wow so uh, and you know they provide um fish for the local communities as well yeah it's it's a really important um tree and and that but that's different to the kelp yeah so that's different to the kelp project that we do as well so what's because when i was i was looking on the website and it says where we plant and it goes through this list of countries and then it's like the ocean and i was like hold on a minute that's a weird place to be planting trees yeah so um yeah as i said i didn't want to just limit i always wanted to look at the oceans as well I think I'm sort of quite an outdoors bunny you know snowboarder um scuba diver and now I'm a horse rider as well and so for me the oceans are really important because you know I've scuba dived for many years Mm. it's so beautiful but now I don't really want to go back to places like Egypt because you know it won't be the same yeah 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 let's not even talk about the ocean acidification and the fact that you know the shells aren't and bones aren't growing properly anymore in, in, in really scary um, so I always wanted to tackle the oceans as well. And uh, but I was like, just one tree, you know, I should have called it just one planet, really. But <laughs> just one tree, how do we, what's the step into the oceans? And I happened to be watching this incredible film, I don't know if you've seen it, 2040, The Next Regeneration. Yes, yeah. And they, part of that, they talk about, you know, well, it's all about, you know, what if we used the uh, technology we have now um, and put it to proper use where we could be by 2040? One of the projects they talk about is this kelp regeneration marine permaculture project. Mm -hmm. And the scientist there turns around and says that kelp is the fastest growing tree on the planet. And I had a very, aha. (laughs) (laughs) 
He said the magic word. The magic word. And, and this is maybe my ticket into the oceans. And I got in touch with them and spoke to them. And it's the most incredible project. And they're the most amazing people. And I'm so it's actually one of the most exciting parts of it for me. So what it does is so kelp are dying off at an alarming rate because of warming waters. So, so is kelp like seaweed? Like yeah. it, it's that sort of thick, leafy, is it like that? Yeah, it's like that. It's that one that you really don't want touching you when you're swimming in the sea. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but they are like one of the most important ecosystems for marine biodiversity. So yeah, I got in touch with those guys. And basically what they do is kelp are dying off. Um, and in fact, actually around um, 95% of kelp around the Australian coastline has died off, the same around California. Wow. And they are huge carbon sinks as well. Mm. Again, it's quite alarming. And there are projects out there, which I'm, I'm sort of not knocking in that we might do eventually, you know, I sort of, I try and sort of target the most effective things. Mm. Planting trees around the equator is more effective for limiting global warming. So that's why we plant there, not in the So UK. why is that? Can you just, oh, this is a complete tangent, but, but why is that? So lots of different things. So in terms of trees trapping in heat, you know, white, uh, sort of obviously in the summer, you wear white to reflect mm. heat. It's the same up in the Northern Hemisphere. It's sort of, it should be lighter, whiter, warmer, sorry, cooler, whereas actually round the equator, it's trapping in the heat. So you want to plant where it's warmer. Oh, okay. And do the trees go quicker? Trees, uh, yeah, the uptake is quicker. Um, and again, things like mangroves, uh, you can plant and sequester a lot more carbon. Oh, okay, yeah. Then obviously the impact, you, the social impact you can have um, on the people. So you're preventing further deforestation whilst reversing its effects. Uh, and also these are areas that are, fe- uh, that are feel- feeling climate change now. So mm. food security and things like that. These are places that need it. And of course, we can plant more trees for the pounds. So for me, and I'd feel a bit, sort of, it'd be a great marketing thing to say we plant in the UK. And people often ask, do you plant here? But I kind of feel like I'd rather plant 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 trees abroad yeah. rather than planting just one here because actually that's more carbon out of the atmosphere. Yeah. That's, that's my primary target. And again, going back to the kelp, I, you could do something like you see these projects that um, are planting coral where it's being bleached. But for me, and I'm not knocking, I think, you know, that's a great, great thing to do and should continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not knocking it at all, and I think it's brilliant. And but I also, for me, I feel that it's not solving, tackling the actual issue or solving the problem. Mm. So what these guys are doing with the, the kelp project is they are using green technology to upwell cold water from lower depths up to where kelp are being grown on platforms. So to create pre-global warming growing conditions, and it's it's early days. You know, they're in phase three of testing. They are now testing offshore. But the results they're having are pretty exciting. So in the Philippines, they've got these two, I don't know if you remember from school, where you do your experiment and then you've got your control. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the Philippines, they've uh, done exactly that. And um, where's the control test, the seaweed isn't growing or it's dying off, not, not doing because the waters are too warm. On the marine permaculture rig, mm. the seaweed is growing at 5% a day. Wow. And they've now seen dolphins in the area that haven't been seen there for 20 years, and they hung around for a month. They just had a whale shark come oh. from 200 kilometers, kilometers to eat the algae. So once the um, they, they bring the cold water up to make the area where they're growing it cooler, and then once that's reached a certain level of growth, can they 
is it then able to cope with the warmer water or do the, does it have to be continually in this cooler water? I think it'd be continuously. They'd have these rigs set up so they'd be grown on platforms and eventually it'll be scaled up. So it's okay. grown on sort of big platforms underneath, obviously underneath the water, but it means floating platforms. So it means that they're not so hit by extreme weather. Yeah. Um, it could be underneath so the boats can go over and, and it won't oh, destroy wow. seaweed and it will be harvested. And you, seaweed's got an amazing, so many amazing properties. Yeah like food or I think if you add like a one percent of seaweed to cattle feed it actually reduces methane emissions oh yes yeah I've read that yeah 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 so and then anything that's left over the kelp that you know falls to the floor because it grows so quickly Mm. um it actually traps in the carbon from millennia so it's it's a fantastic way of actually storing in and yeah 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 carbon in. and of course it's the marine biodiversity so really exciting project is is your brain just exploded with all this new information you've learned since 2019 <laughs> it's like oh my god all these things I had no idea about and now I'm running this project project I think for me my brain's exploded recently because we have so many companies inquiring and nothing I don't know what's happened I thought it was just Earth Day over April right like, yeah all our, all our sort of you know partners were shouting out that for Earth Day what they're doing is, is mm with just one tree and I thought we'd have a week or two and it was sort of subsided but actually I think it's been that everyone's coming out of lockdown and it's actually just exploding so mm. now looking to uh take on some part-time staff because so far it's all been volunteers you know? and is it and it's, so it's just I was going to ask you about your team so so the team is is you and some volunteers at the moment yes wow yeah. and I'm mainly a volunteer myself as well hopefully it will be big enough mm. Uh, no, my poor other half is having to work. Really yes, <laughs> one day I might earn a bit of money out of it. So, so you're obviously not physically going out and planting these trees. So how how does it work? Are there projects on the ground that you then support, or is it you know are you literally giving a farmer an amount of money, or like how does it work? We've partnered with really well established and well respected reforestation companies. So we did a lot of due diligence into them because I. Coming, not coming from this field, didn't mm. want to go to Kenya and go, oh, you look like an honourable chap. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Planting from England, and will you plant me some trees? You know, or, or fund the militia by accident. Yes, yeah. Right. You know, you can really go wrong, and especially because we do a lot with, you know, the school kids. Mm. And it's a real responsibility to make yeah. sure every tree goes in the ground. Um, so, yeah, so I found these reforestation partners, which I'm very happy with. And... I think people always sort of say, you know, are you going to expand? And I get one to two emails a month from other reforestation projects saying, can you fund us? Can you support yeah. At the moment, I'm just not interested because I need to have that reassurance and that confidence. And what I might do is expand to their different countries. Right. They plant. But I'm really quite happy being contained. Yeah. To where we are at the moment. And, um, and they manage everything on the ground, on my behalf. And then we can sort of, we've got our own little plots within just one tree plots oh okay Uh, again we were talking about the you know it's not just a case of going and plonking in a thousand trees it's important that it's the right tree in the right place and that you you don't end up planting a monoculture so it's just all the same tree and things like presumably those guys are keeping on top of those things for you and making sure you've got the right mix and for that country and native trees and all that malarkey they source all the tree the seeds locally oh wow yeah, actually, and there's a whole blog on our, we've just put on our website um, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And it's all about, you know, the, the importance of, it's not just planting trees. Actually, mm. I think the more trees, the merrier, question mark. But actually, 
it's the right trees in the right place yeah. with the right people at the right time yeah 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 so the people on the ground because you talked I think when we were talking about you know why are trees so brilliant and you talked about the the number of people that are employed and the communities it supports and things and that's a really important part of what you're doing isn't it it's sort of supporting these communities can you tell us a little bit about how that works yeah so um yeah as you say it's, for me it's about sort of yeah supporting those communities and there are different methods from across the different reforestation projects um so one project um like employs uh directly employs them to source the seeds plant the trees look after care for them and then um oversee and protect the forest from like illegal loggers etc. Mm. also includes sort of like fire barriers and things like that to the other reforestation um, companies that we're with have slightly different techniques, which are where so they train uh, the money sort of spent training sort of these sort of self-help groups into how to plant and build their own nurseries. Mm. Um, and so they're actually getting sustainable livelihoods themselves as well. So yeah. Directly from the trees or, for example, hanging um, beehives from the trees. Yeah. They hang beehives from the trees because actually they make more money from the honey production they do from chopping down the tree right yeah 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 so there's a real incentive to keep the trees there yeah and one guy there's a video and one guy in Zambia sort of said you know no I always get this mixed up no trees no bees no honey no money oh wow that's brilliant brilliant and actually to see his face because obviously it's affecting his life Mm. you know amazing it's really touching so so yeah it's about the sustainable income for these local communities so what countries do you do you plant in you said they're all around the equator Yes, yeah, so at the moment we plant in seven, which is Madagascar, Mozambique, Indonesia, Nepal, Kenya, Haiti, and Zambia. And then oh, well the- done remembering all those. <laughs> oh, no. a little pattern. And then we do obviously the kelp is off the coast of the Philippines and off the coast of Australia. So wow. And how do you do that due diligence in terms of knowing they're doing what they say they're doing? Well, firstly, they are also um, regulated. The trees are field checked and monitored and planted across all their projects, you know, not just the Just One Tree ones. They have to be monitored mm. and checked. And then they have third party companies that come in and, and verify that the trees being planted and survival rates. Okay. So they're being checked over. Yeah. So, um, and then also the reporting I get back from the companies. And actually we have, we get so much information for me, my time, what's difficult is the time to put it out. Yes, yes. Media posts or into the newsletters because we have so much info coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I'm running the whole company, so it's yeah. you know, and making the receipts for everybody. And <laughs> oh like, wow, so much information on these trees and the projects, which is just wonderful. Like, and I think we've got the Kenya, the school project in Kenya, out on our on, on social media. So the kids that are raising the money here in the UK on just one tree day, you know, part of the those funds have gone to schools in Kenya where they're planting trees and the kids get to adopt the trees and nurture the trees throughout their school life. And it teaches them the local and global importance of actually looking after their environment. So it's really important. So Just One Tree Day, talk to us about that. Yeah, so Just One Tree Day. So obviously uh, going back to 2019, when I had read this article in April and set up, Mm. I always wanted to, (laughs) I know, Part of it was I wanted to help bring environmental education into the classrooms and mm. run the educational programs. And somebody said to me, well, what about a non You could do that through a non-uniform day. And so I was like, yeah, it's, it's been done so many times before. And then somebody said, oh, you know, was volunteering, said, oh, I'm going to ask my school to do a non-uniform day. And they said, actually, I'm going to ask a couple of the local schools if they can all do it, do it on the same day. And I was like, yeah. well, 
hang on a minute. And this, you know, this was the time when it was leading up to the climate strikes. And I could see that head teachers were worried about letting, you know, mm. letting kids go on the climate strikes and leave school, but then also showing that they believe in climate change. Yes. Real, um, I just feel that it's mm. bumbling issues between parents and head teachers. Um, and I suddenly thought, well, what if we did a non-uniform day? We made it nationwide. And then we would be raising awareness about the concern about climate change mm. and at the same time planting the trees. So every pound plants the tree. Yeah. Uh, we then helped get educational resources into the school. I was going to say, there must be so many amazing curriculum links for that, that, you know, you can kind of, and especially as you were saying, you know, if it goes to a, uh, you've got this school in Kenya that's growing it, you know, the, the kids can presumably kind of look at this other school and appreciate other communities and all that sort of thing. And like, oh God, yeah, no, it's making me go all fuzzy. So we put together for the second year, we put together the key stage one and key stage two resources. This year we're hoping they're written. It's just volunteer graphic designers. So they, they're very, um, they're wonderful. And then they get a paid job. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just trying to desperately get these secondary school packs ready in time. Oh, amazing. But uh, yeah, so that was a way of sort of bringing educational resources into the classrooms. Because I think something like 70% of kids want to learn about climate change in the classrooms. But something like six, I can't remember the percentage of of 68% of teachers don't feel like they know enough. And in fact, 73% of kids are worried about climate change, Mm. anxiety. And that's, you think that's three quarters of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, we from just off the back of the first Just One Tree Day two years ago, we had a head teacher emailing us and sort of saying, you know, thank you so much because we can see that our kids are really worried about climate change. It's in all the media. Mm. It gives a really positive focus yes. for the children and they can see what a difference they're making. Yeah. It just empowers them. And also what it does is it shows that they might be bringing in a pound and planting their one tree. Um, and it's just a small little action. And this translates to kind of bringing in your own water bottle to school or, or you know, mm. driving. So what they do is they bring in their pound and they can see that they're planting a tree, but actually their school, that means their whole school is planting a forest. That sort of collective action, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Nationwide, across the two non-uniform days, we've now had enough trees to restore an area the size of 39 football pitches. Oh, and wow. You kind of go, the one thing that gets me is like, can you imagine walking through, I mean, I know it's in different different locations, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Place. could you imagine walking through that forest and listening to the sound of that biodiversity coming back? It's like, that's a real powerful image. Yeah. Oh, so, so if schools want to, when is, it's October? Uh, 15th. October 15th. And um, we're doing a separate date, October 1st for Scot- Scottish schools. Oh, okay. Slightly different, but we do say schools can take part anytime. Anytime, yeah, because it's about it's about the message and planting trees. Um, so if you can't make the date, then it's fine. Yeah, there's like a pre-written invitation on our website, so you literally go on the website, download the leaflet or letter, whichever you prefer, yeah. send it off to your school, and encourage them to sign up. And and then the resources the school can uh, is that something they can download from the website, or do they contact you for them? Uh, they download from the website. We actually email them nearer the time and say, here's the link. Yeah. Um, and uh, good luck if there's anything you need. Oh. Here's a to send home to your parents. And all the, that's done as well. So they yeah. don't write anything wow. for them. And of course, it's a great and easy way for schools to compensate for their environmental footprint. Mm. So, you know, at the moment, we're sort of, I think schools are being quite bombarded. You know, obviously, we've got COVID, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, they know that they've got to bring their carbon emissions down, and it's quite a, a number to, to look into. Mm. 
where do you begin? But the Just One Tree Day, they're already, you know, by holding one, they're already planting trees and yes, compensating for their environmental impact. No cost to the school. Yes. And of course, to keep a track of the size of their forest. So they plant 150 trees in the first year and then they come back again. They've now planted 300 300, trees. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grows and grows and grows. So that's quite a nice image, you know, time to say we've now planted X amount of trees. Yeah. So the whole offsetting thing is difficult, isn't it? Because there's this idea that like a school, let's say, oh, well, we've planted 150 trees. We've offset X amount of carbon. Well done us. Whereas actually that's amazing. But what we also need you to doing and what we also need individuals to be doing is taking action to reduce their 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 individual or their their sort of collective footprints and I think there's this concern isn't there that it will be seen as this kind of salve or this kind of like oh look at me aren't I wonderful I've paid and I'm not actually having to make any changes myself yeah like how do you kind of talk about that with people I think what you've got to think about is that to limit the effects of global warming we all need to and it's imperative that we reduce our carbon emissions Mm -hmm. That is absolutely imperative. But if you think about it, that there is a lot of CO2 in that atmosphere already. Mm. Actually, to stop the planet exceeding one and a half to two degrees of global warming, we actually need to reach net negative emissions. Mm. And that means pulling more carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere than we're actually putting into it. Mm. Um, And that goes back to the whole thing. So when I've learned that, I was like, well, how do I do that? It's just one individual. Mm. Um, George Monbiot says, you know, there's a magic machine out there that sucks (laughs) carbon out of the atmosphere, costs very little and builds itself. Yes, yeah. But yeah, so for for me, as you say, going back to the carbon offsetting thing, and that's why we're not a carbon offsetting company. Yeah. Um, We're about not alleviating the guilt. That's what you should be reducing your carbon emissions as much as possible. Um, and then it's so cheap to plant a tree. Why mm. plant yes. or to restore the planet? You know, we've done so much damage already. Yeah. And also I kind of, I know that I feel a little bit sceptical about the carbon offsetting projects. Yes. Others do, um, or cynical, I think is the word about it. Um, so it's not something that I want to do. And the trees still do the same thing. They still yeah. in the atmosphere. And yeah, we're about restoration, not about offsetting. And but I think it's also it's a it's a potentially a great conversation starter for a school or an organization to say, guys, we've done this and we've got this forest and it's amazing and we love it. What else can we now do as a, as an organization or as individuals? And it's just a really nice, gentle conversation starter, isn't it? Like, so obviously we're all concerned about this because we've all done this and we've all contributed to this. Let's think about some other things that we can do and let's think about biodiversity in our school or, you know, those those kinds of things. Do you find that kind of knock on effect happening? Yes, definitely. We kind of get little reports. I can't think of, sort of individual emails off the top of my head, but all these little, little emails from um, schools sort of saying about how, oh, we've done this and now we've planted 500 trees locally. Or we've wow, yeah, yeah. Our school, or we've gone out and done this, all these little different projects that they do in conjunction with the Just One Tree. Mm. Yeah, it really does provide like a little springboard for all sort of different things that they do. Like, I mean, they've put videos together. There was... I think one of the highlights for me was that a school in Spain that took part last year. Oh, wow. So it's global. Yeah. So we've actually amazing. And we've actually got Colombia and India signing up this year. (laughs) You know, but yeah, we've had uh, China, like 11 out of the 14 schools in Gibraltar. Wow. Spain, Prague and the UK, of course. Somewhere I'm missing. But yeah, so um, 
with a school in Spain, they emailed me and said, I hope you don't mind, but we made up a song oh. and a little dance and we filmed it for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you imagine you know, in China when they do this with the morning exercises, and yeah. all the kids ride up in a row. So it was like that. And all the kids were in the playground and they're singing this song and doing this dance to help. They're, plant- they're better than Superman because they oh. saved the world by planting a tree today. Yeah. And I literally whirled up. Did you cry? I would have cried. Yeah, I cried. And I still every time I think about it because <laughs> from my little room in Barnet, yeah. mum, having this idea, we are helping to kind of bring, you know, the education into the classrooms, but then mm. we're also planting their trees for them. Yeah. For the and like, that was just like, I can't believe, you know, we've the ripple effect that this yeah. is. Yeah. And, and so empowering, I think, for the children to... Because it's so difficult for for everyone, not just for children, but to see a tangible difference, you know, when you're doing something, to feel like you're doing something, to see a tangible difference and to see, again, as well, that collective impact. And as you've said, they they donate their pounds, they can see where the tree's been planted and they can see that together their, their one pound contributes to the 150 pounds that's the, you know, five years later, can't do the math, so six, 700 pounds, you know, that this idea of collective impact and individual actions contributing to something bigger is is huge isn't it and I think you know the the name you said oh we should it should have done been like just one planet but just one tree is just is perfect <laughs> the other thing that I think is so um inspiring is this idea of just what can I do as just one person well you're just one person and look what you've done and I, I think that's it sounds silly but we kind of write just one tree we write just one and then the t of tree in capitals so um so the tree is lowercase basically because it's that's the bit that's interchangeable, interchangeable. So it's kind of like, you know, coming up with the idea, it was like, well, just one tree, just one pound, or just mm. one, one pound, just one individual can make yeah. it. You know, it really is, is you know, you can see what we do. And it's, it's nuts to think that two years ago, this was just an idea. And now we've, um, you know, we're restoring habitat for lemurs in Madagascar, <sighs> and creating a barrier for extreme weather in Haiti, which is one wow. of the in the, in the world, you know. And, are you proud? You should be so proud of yourself, are you? I know it's hard when you're in it and you're overwhelmed with emails and admin and all that, but... You know what? I think when I take a step back, yeah, it's like you say, it's really hard to uh, remember to think what you've achieved. Yeah. But I guess if you're probably like me, your mind's ticking over, over like, what next? What we've got to yes. do the to-do list um, to keep this beast running. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but... And suddenly, so, you know, I had a week off for half term last week. And suddenly you kind of go, wow, it's a million trees. That's, That's phenomenal. Years ago that we would be here. Yeah. Where's it going to go? You know? Yes. You know, where are we going to, what's next? I mean, there's loads of stuff up their sleeve, but um, it's actually making it sustainable. and Yes. And sustainable for you as well, like so that you're not kind of burning out and, yeah, yeah. collapsing in a heap. That's the next thing we to maybe sort of do less on social media for a bit, just take restock, get some uh, PAs in place. Yes. Help with the admin because it's growing so quickly to me. Yeah. I'd be running a company just always plant some trees. But <laughs> I've actually got <laughs> So um, I'll let you take a, take a swig. You're just about to take a swig of water. <laughs> um, how can people, so as individuals, can we buy trees? Can we ask our, you said to talk about partner organisations, how does that work? And obviously it sounds, you know, school, we can get our schools and things involved. What are the many and varied ways we can, we can come and support you? 
Yeah, so everybody can do it. So basically individuals, you can go on our website and donate. You can set up a fundraising page. You can do your, your marathons. Or yeah, your yeah, yeah. Cake sales or whatever, or birthday things. And we also have like um, certificates and gifts. I was going to yeah. say, so, so if I wanted to buy somebody some trees for their birthday, I could come on and yeah, send you some money and you send me a nice certificate. No tech, um, but you drop me an email, have a look on there, drop me an email and we'll, we'll sort that out for you. Brilliant. And birthday cards and things like that on there too. As uh, schools, it's the Just One Tree Day or, mm. or any fundraiser really, but you can do that any day. Yeah. And then for businesses, yeah, again, you get in touch and you can integrate it into a business in any way that you choose and feel comfortable with. So whether it's a tree for every sale or a tree or a number of trees for every invoice or completed yeah. or even just a regular monthly donation to make it simple, um, whichever way you want to, um, you get in touch and we have a contract that we set up and then we're away and you get your own tree counter company's tree counter um which you can put on your website yeah and, uh, about how many trees your company has uh, been planting oh amazing and i'm really excited because we were talking before we hit record that one of the things um i'm going to do with the knackered mums club is that everyone who's paying monthly for every month they remember we're going to plant a tree with with you guys so i need to go back go away and do some maths and look at some spreadsheets and work out what we need to to pay to get us started and then um, but that will be really awesome to see that. How do you calculate the the carbon impact of one tree planted? Because if you're, you know, you're planting a tiny little seedling, it's mm. not really absorbing a huge amount of carbon at that point, is it? So is there a, a stock figure? Yeah. So I use the calculation I use is of, of a mangrove. So it does absorb a lot, uh, but it's over 25 years. Wow. Which is 308 kilograms. But as we're planting, so there's, the figure that I get and it's similar kind of in so for example in Kenya that's a similar amount actually that a, a sort of um because of uh, altitude makes a difference right oh okay so yeah so we calculated 308 um per pound per tree but actually as we might be planting a couple an extra tree or half a tree or whatever yeah. we're calculating it on one tree equals 308 and that's your carbon sequestration and is that per year or per tree so you said that's per tree over 25 years 25 years which is okay tree so that's how we work it out it works out on average at 12.3 kilos a year (laughs) (laughs) but obviously there's less it's it's less kind of in the first years and then yes that gets more so it averages out at 12.3 a year and what are the because you talked about survival rates so for every 100 seeds planted in the ground how many make it to 25 years well, we sort of, well, the projects that we go for have um, a minimal survival rate of 80%. Wow. Um, they're like, that's way under, underestimated, is that the right word? But actually sort of, it, it's normally high, a lot higher. Wow. Um, but then also if you look at, say, for example, going back to the mangroves, by the time they're four or five years old, they're already planting, they're already growing their own propagules uh, and making propagules that's a good word isn't it um and they're already planting more trees so it might be that we've planted you one but yeah it's actually more are coming so yeah so it's um it's got all the stuff I've learned about trees. it's amazing <laughs> it's absolutely amazing now you you had your sort of um somebody used the term to me epiphany, um which I quite liked um in a sort of April 2019 and you've done all this amazing stuff my expectation or maybe our expectation would be that you are like a bona fide eco hero and you're you know like full-on 
hundred percent not to put any pressure on you but please (laughs) please please tell me that you're not and that you've got some nice eco confessions of some things you you cock up (laughs) I have some eco confessions for sure absolutely yeah I'm not sort of I'm just a mum I would say I'm not a sort of eco like war like yeah warrior I'm just sort of doing this and hoping that I can do it for as long as I can to make a real difference to the planet but that's that's so inspiring because I think sometimes we think we need to be Greta, we need to be David Attenborough, we need to be a certain type of person to to do something to make a difference. And mm-hmm. you know, I always I always struggle when people say I'm I'm just a mum. Like it's such a it, it doesn't need the, it's like the just one tree. It's not just one tree, is it? It's so much more than that. But um, yeah. you know, the fact that you know I talk about this as well. Like I say, you know, I'm I'm just an ordinary knackered mum of two. Yeah. We can all make a difference, can't we? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it. I'm just a knackered mum of one and a, and, a, and a horse. So I can't do. <laughs> and yeah, like, I don't know where this is going to go. And sort of, you know, as I say, we're very, very busy. But we're incredibly, it's amazing. Everyone wants to plant trees. Well, thank God everyone wants to plant trees. So we're sort of, you know, now having to expand the team. And mm. we, we'll be able to, you know, I've never run a company before. No. So you know it's very different to, to putting a film shoot together yes. where it's a very set formula and you get your camera and your lights and your DOP this is I'm learning so much. I never knew mm. what he was or what B2B was was this yeah. never, never heard that term in production yeah yeah all very new and I don't know you know where it's going to go or how it's going to go but I think you've you've just got to go for it and and who knows? And you might end up planting a million trees. I remember, in fact, I was talking to them, to one of my refore- the first reforestation companies, and I said, "Look, I've been on your website, and I've you know wanted to talk to you about this idea I've had. This was very first before I started doing all my due diligence and whatnot. And like we're chatting, I said, I've had this idea. What do you think?" And he said, "Well, yeah, set it up, and who knows? By this time next year, you might have planted some trees." And then, like a year later, it's like, "I never realised <laughs> you were going to plant that many." <laughs> oh that's absolutely amazing oh I just I'm totally in awe I think it's just and I I just love these stories where it's like one person has one idea and then they kind of make it happen so where can we come and find you on social media so yeah we're on Instagram we're on Facebook and we're on LinkedIn and we're on Twitter um I know it's hard work. Thankfully, I've got some little lovely volunteers that are sort of helping me we are gonna have to dial it down a little bit just for a bit um, so yes, we're on. Uh, it's like I think it's just underscore one underscore tree. Okay, I'll link to it all in the show notes so people can come yeah. and find you. And then the website is just one tree dot life. Amazing, brilliant. Um, so we'll all come and find you, and we'll all download those letters to send our schools because I guess if we put it on their radar now, then maybe hopefully it's something they can kind of get on board with quite quickly in September and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's kind of better to do it now because it's yeah, it's on their radar for the yeah. next the next term whilst they're sort of putting things into I was gonna say because a lot of schools are doing their planning for next year now, aren't they? So if you can yeah. kind of I mean, get that on their radar. Schools lining up last minute and literally, you know, up until the last week, the last few days, we're taking part, you know, yes. about it. We're gonna send out the emails. So, you know, last minute it's still worth it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's definitely sort of a, how many schools did you have last year? Do you remember? Well, last year it was were we locked down? I can't remember. No, we were back at school, weren't we, in October? First year, we had 350 schools take part. Um, the second year, thanks, sadly, to COVID, uh, we had 120, 150 sign up and 120 end okay. up doing it. Yeah. So it dropped off, especially because some were thinking of doing it in January, February, March. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drops off. Um, and so far, we've got um, 90 schools. Okay. For this year. Um, but then last year we only released it in September. So 
I'm I'm gonna say all right, let's go for five hundred. God, that'd be <laughs> how many trees? How many trees that'd be? That'd be because you're you're kind of you've got the resources hopefully for secondary schools as well. So. Um, but yeah, it's just getting the word out because you know, mm. it's, it's just me um, and my mum's doing lots of emailing. Oh, me. love her. She loves it. Um, so she's emailing. We've put a few things out, sort of, you know, a few little press releases. And few, but it's just, it's getting the word out because... So this is an action that everybody listening could do because we probably all have, you know, whether it's a school in our local community or our kids are at school or our grandkids are at school or whatever. Let's um, Let's just all send a letter and see how many schools we can get. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? amazing it'd be incredible and it's such a great event it's 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 kind of a day that's a bit better than Christmas to kind of wake up that morning and to know that schools up and down the country kids are dressing up in green or as trees or in their non-uniform day and yeah they're plant a forest and we're all doing it together you know yes. it's the parents that have done it and the kids that are doing it and it's like it's just such an exciting day I literally am like I can't concentrate on work I'm oh just amazing think about. and like, people send little images of their ki- like my friends is there a hashtag is it is it just one tree day uh, I think so. Yes. Cool. Yeah. I've got to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. You're an absolute superstar. Thank you for everything that you're doing. I always feel really patronizing saying that, but honestly, it's it's such a thankless task sometimes, isn't it? Kind of doing this sort of stuff. But honestly, I think you're absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for giving up some time to come and talk to us. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely lovely. It's been great to meet you. Brilliant. ish you wonderful sack of loveliness with me jen gale hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old gray matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably do let me know what that is i love to hear about the changes that people are making big or small every single one counts if you've enjoyed the show and i hope you have do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time.